Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the MVP, the Modern Visual Podcast. Joe Stevens here hosting this as always. I'm with the boss man himself, Luke Truin. How are we doing, Luke? Good, Joe. How are you? Good, mate. It's been a minute since we've done one of these. It has been a while. It's been an interesting last couple of months. There's been a lot going on, but we just need to make sure that we're keeping the momentum going uh, with the pod because we know there's a lot of interest. Yeah, it's, it's a great asset, I think, between clients, potential clients, and just you know getting it out there on on the socials and people listening to the shows, they, they get some valuable insights on uh, on what we chat about. So let's get straight to it. Today's episode is breaking down the barriers to business profit in 2021. Um, there's been a lot of change in 2020. I don't want to use the word that's caused the change because I'm sick of talking about it and I'm sure you are too at this point, Same. Luke. But uh, the premise of this show is exactly what we said. A lot of change in 2020. I don't think the world is ever going back to the way it was in a lot of aspects, especially in business. And Luke, you guys at Modern Visual, man, you've been dealing with a lot of this and implementing a lot of steps for your customers and clients um, for the next steps in 21. Yeah, it's been interesting for us and we've been obviously adapting ourselves to the new normal and what people expect from us and you know, how we can help them. It's just been a crazy time and we've been madly trying to get everything out the door from home. And because we're what you would call in IT, people think that we can just, you know, continue as normal, but it has been challenging for us as well. As much as we've stayed open and we're very fortunate for that, it's definitely been challenging, but we're definitely on top of things and uh, I can see the next year is going to be a big year. Well, I think one of the most impressive things about this company with Modern Visual is the fact that you guys have actually expanded um, quite quite significantly during 2020, which not a lot of people can say that. Um, unfortunately, a lot of industries didn't have a choice as to whether they were able to expand or not. Um, but you guys were very uh, intuitive and anticipating. I mean, I think if there was a, a sector and, and a business model set up for success in in the downturn and the problems that we saw in 2020, you guys were probably at the forefront of that, would you say? I'd say we were. And the reason we hired more people was not because we wanted to. I mean, obviously we want to grow, but we just had a sheer influx of work and we had to scramble to hire more people and, um, you know, get get the volume of work done. Uh, so that's, that's probably the main driver there. But at the same time, it did allow us to grow. And uh, we've, we've got new staff members that <laughs> they, they didn't even come into the office until, you know, a couple of weeks ago for the first time. And it felt like they were new employees, but they've been working with us and for us for months. Yeah, I literally met some, some of the crew <laughs> Like, like you said, two weeks ago, yep. and they've been with the uh, been with you guys since, uh, geez, March or February. Yeah, oh, probably around that time. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's just been uh, trying to get people to learn our process and procedures remotely. It's not impossible, but it was challenging, and um, I feel we're in a good place now. But trying to, you know, get get um, projects done, meet deadlines, and do all that with new staff members uh, was definitely challenging. But we're there now, and uh, we're we're seeing that light. So with that in mind, let, let's get to the topic. So breaking down the barriers to, to business success and, and, and profit in 2021, what would you outline those to be as in, again, I hate this word with a, with a passion, the new normal. Don't say it. <laughs> I said it. I had to say it. Um, I, I, don't like, I don't like the connotations to it, but in business, there is a new normal now and it's impossible to neglect that. So in your, in your mindset with the title of this blog, what do you think the barriers are and what do businesses need to navigate to ensure they can turn successful profit in 21? What's it look like? Yeah, it's funny. I did a LinkedIn post, oh, I think it was a week ago about how we're all, you know, sitting in our jocks now and we're having business meetings with people in, you know, Sydney and stuff like that, where six months ago you wouldn't you might have done it but it wasn't really how everyone did it 
And that just means that the way we all think now in business is very different moving forward. We're more human now. So what does that mean for business owners? It means that they need to change their ways and change how they service their customers. Um, there's also the fact that new new generations are coming through as well that have different expectations around how they liaise with the business. Uh, so there's a lot of things that need to happen um, with the business online in regards to how you service your customers. I think it comes down to being available to people on their terms, not on yours. So you know, having things like live chat or online bots that can serve people, good bots, by the way. Some are done very poorly. You want to make sure that your bots are actually good to deal with. Yeah, um, on a side note, there's nothing worse than dealing with a frustrating bot on a platform. Oh, there's so many large organisations we deal with and their bots are absolutely terrible. It's not that hard. I mean, it's easy for me to say. I did have a bot with hundreds of thousands of users when I was 14 on MSN. Uh, so I have got the experience. But at the same time, it's not really that difficult to keep things simple and make a bot that's actually useful and explain to people how it's useful when they start to use it in the first place. So that's just one example of, you know, allowing people to deal with your business 24 seven. People are doing strange hours now. They're working at, you know, one in the morning if they really want to, and then sleeping in like that's, that used to be something that someone would do if they're on the dole. But now, now people are doing it uh, just as part of their professional lives. I have noticed that a little bit too. Uh, you know, you typically, you would have an individual's working patterns that you are in contact with and and you just know sometimes, hey, that, that email I sent at three, I'm going to get a response to that at 10, 11, and I'll get it the next morning when I wake up. Um, but yeah, it's becoming a little bit more common that people are finding ways to, and that's probably something to cover in this pod is, is number one, what the employee and the business needs to provide the customers. But then also, like you said, you know, what does that look like for your team members and what do they expect moving forward? Because now that flexibility has been incorporated, it's going to be very difficult to take it away again. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things as well that needs to be discussed in detail with your employees or, uh, you know, if you're an employee with your employer, um, you know, we've all been thrown into working from home if we can over the last six months. And obviously it's been proven that the business can continue to run while we're working from home, but it doesn't mean that I guess employees should be, um, you know, just taking that for granted. And there needs to be a process of being able to show your employer that you're actually going to increase your productivity by being at home. I think for some people, it doesn't make sense to be working at home if you've got a lot of distractions because ultimately you're going to get less done. Your employer is still paying you the same amount. Um, So I think the consideration needs to be a mutual beneficial agreement between the employee and the employer that works for both parties. And just because you did work from home for six months doesn't mean that yeah, that's great. Well, let's just like let's just get everyone to work from home because it might not have been as productive. No, and it's you know like us as an example. You know, you've got a young young child. I got two young children, and the dogs and all the, and the rest dogs of it. and yep. and everything else. Like working from home for me really isn't an option. You <laughs> yep. know, um, I made the best of it while we had to, but as soon as we could get back here, I was I was in. You yeah. Know? Um. So like you said, I think there's certain team members it's applicable to. Um. Like I know some of your crew are more than happy to stay up all night and, you know, they'll, yep. they'll work crazy hours, but they like working that way. Yep. Um, some, some guys, not so much. They're better being in, in here, especially if they're new to the team, new to your systems. Like you said, there's a lot of people that, that you took on board just before everything hit and, and, and consequently stopped that now they're in-house. I'm assuming it's, it's making your life a whole lot easier than being able to be integrated into the workflows in person, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have a, we felt like we achieved more in the first day back than we did in six months as a team um, from a collaboration point of view, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I feel like 
it just has to be again something that's mutually beneficial and the reason why you know we work is obviously to build a business and help and uh, a, a growing business helps the employees start, uh, flourish as well so that's not going to happen if people are less productive at home than they would be at the office but if it's the other way around then um, I'm all for people working from home so what we're doing we're looking at it from a case-by-case basis yep. and we're sitting down with each employee and we're basically looking through all the benefits of um, you know what situation suits who and we're coming to an agreement and that's how we're doing it and that seems to be quite good because I'm open to hearing everyone's ideas at all times around you know, sell me the idea why you think it's good that you'd be working from home. Obviously, it's nice to be at home and there's benefits with not paying for fuel all the time and you know, having your own personal fridge two metres away. <laughs> um, that's great. But at the same time, we're all here to, um, you know, provide input into the business. And if that's not happening at the same rate from home, then obviously that's not going to work long term. I think there's a balance of three and two or four and one or, you know, something like that. I think that really has its merits because it keeps morale you get to, you know, maybe you don't come in on a Monday, you have a three-day, not three-day weekend, but you get to work from home on the Monday, or you get to work from home on the Friday and dip out a little early to do whatever you need to do. But like you said, as long as the pro- the productivity and the accountability is there. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky. I was, um, well, prior to starting Modern Visual, I was working in a factory and, um, you know, I was working in a business, great business, but if I wanted to go to the post office during the day, it just wasn't possible. No, it wasn't no. something I could do. So I understand how flexibility uh, in your in your position is amazing. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for my position now as a business owner to do what I need to do, whether it be, you know, growing the business or going to the post office uh, whenever I'd like. Uh, so I, I think that employees, you know, in a modern world deserve to have that flexibility. Um, but something else to note, Joe, is also the fact that businesses need to be responsible for having the right systems in place to ensure that people are accountable, they're measuring productivity, uh, et cetera. And all, all these systems are so readily available now, it's not funny. Well, before we get to those systems, let's go back because I think I sidetracked you a little bit. But you talked about customers being able to engage businesses on, on their terms, so to speak. Um, you talked about bots, but there's a lot of other things that, you know, that can be integrated through HubSpot, different things where you can book calls, you can do different things. So what is that your advice to the listeners as far as, as, as being able to be engaged on the users or the customer's terms, so to speak? Like, What does that look like for Modern Visual? Yeah, so it's just a case of um, putting all the, the automations and systems in place for your business where you're taking the, the human element out of it but not the human experience. So people have a personalised experience with your business so they feel like they're getting what they want in their own uh, you know, personalized way for for them, um, but it's automated. So there's there's online software you could say um, that would do all the legwork that staff members would previously do, and it allows the staff members that you do have to, uh, I guess, have their input where it's more meaningful. Um, you know, so. Yeah. So they're not wasting their time chasing bookings with clients, chasing correspondence. They they just get that inbox that says, hey, you're booked with ABC yep. client at this time, and and they then know that they need their you know the the, the client's file ready. They need all the information ready, and and it kind of just automates a lot of the downtime and getting things set up, right? Yeah, exactly. And people feel like, um, I guess, that they're more informed these days to make their own decisions. So when people are researching uh, a topic, I mean, let's say someone's buying a swimming pool, um, they're not going to obviously just ring ring a business and go, yep, I'm buying this pool, I'm doing it tomorrow, etc. Well, they would, but before that, they're doing research on their own terms. They're jumping yeah. on YouTube, they're jumping on Google. Do they want a fiberglass pool, a tile pool? 
what do council permits look like, um, how much does a pool cost, what's the lead time. So there's all these questions we have when we're buying something and people do all their own research now. They don't need to sit down and have a two-hour consultation with a salesperson um, and be convinced that this is the option. They don't need to be sold to as much as... That's right. They just want to obviously have that little bit at the end where they're like, cool, this is what I've sort of found for myself. Can you just validate this? Yeah. Um, and then I'm ready to sign and let's go. Let's get moving. So... Um, yeah, that's true. The traditional sales pitch is quickly losing its merit as far as um, yeah the the touch points, the research time, and then I guess it is a condensed sales process because someone's engaging you for a high ticket item. Typically, they're not coming in blind like they said no. they've done their homework in this day and age. Oh, that's right, and it must be so annoying for salespeople that are stuck in their old ways where they're the hero. I always think of Gil from The Simpsons. You know, uh, old Gil. <laughs> old yep. Gil. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. That's, you know, give old Gil a break. Yeah. Um, so people are more informed. They know their stuff more than ever, or they think they do. Uh, so again, the traditional salesperson uh, will probably get rubbed the wrong way because these people come in them as the expert and they're meant to be the expert in their mind. Um, people want to just have a bit of validation that what they've come up with is correct. Um, so the, I guess the thing that businesses need to capitalize on here for next year to increase their profits is being that authority and when people are researching a topic, you've got to make sure you're the one that's providing that information online, yeah. uh, whether it be through YouTube or your blog or, um, you know, online assets, social media. Yeah, the you've inbound got methodology that's going correct. to educate your potential customers. That's right. And it, makes their, it makes their journey easier, yep. but it also steers them back to the services that you're That's providing. That's right. And tied in with the weird hours that everyone is doing now because we can, because yep. some of us are working from home, et cetera, your business or your expertise has to be there when the client's ready, not when you're ready or when your shop's open. Your salespeople will typically be there from nine till five or eight till four or whatever it may be. People don't care anymore. They just want to find what they want when they want it. So if your business isn't prepared or set up to deliver to people on their terms, on instead of your terms, then you're going to fail. You're going to struggle and you're going to slowly, slowly go backwards. And I think in, in the dynamic of if you are a brick and mortar business, you're in a very dangerous position if you are not so already in, in 2021 and, and new normal moving forward. People are now trained to buy online. If they weren't yep. so already, that stigma of, oh, I don't shop online. Everyone shops online now. Everyone. Your grandma... We, we didn't have a choice. If we wanted something, we weren't able to go to the shop. So people were forced to change their ways. Yeah. I mean, click and collect was for for the majority of people for a six-month time in Victoria, at least, it was a normal way of life. Yep. Um, and and that, to me, like brick and mortar was already in a, in a bit of a bad position for the majority of industries, I think, that operate within that. And, and now I think you're going to see what, – what would you predict in the next – say the next decade, what do you think the retail model – for, for brick and mortar, I, I know this isn't exactly the pod title, but it's still related to what we're talking about. Because like you said, if, if you want the customer to approach you on your terms, being over from nine to five or Monday to Saturday or whatever it is, people don't want to do that anymore. So how, how what do you think that the percentage of brick and mortar stores that go away in the next decade? I think um, I, I have walked into brick and mortar uh, stores to feel a bit of a nostalgia feeling, you know, yeah. like because it's so easy to buy online, but sometimes you go, oh, hey, it would be nice to going to Foot Locker or whatever just to f get that experience again. Well, that's what I was going to say. In my opinion, I think the only brick and mortar that stay around is going to be experience-based, like that's the words consumer I was centers, say. you know? Yeah. I feel like, you know, every every brand that's going to survive is going to be online already. Well, the like if you think about, let's say you want to buy a Lego set for your kids, 
you can very easily do that by going onto online, like on an online store and buying. You're looking for the best price. You don't really care about because it's the same product. But regardless. You're going to get the take your kids to the store and show. No, them, unless you know. it's a I guess a discovery center where the kids ha- can play and go on amusement rides, like they've got set up at Chadston as an yeah. example. Um, that's where I, I'm going to spend a lot of money there beyond yeah. what I probably originally was going to because it's an experience. It's not yep. you know yep. a quick transaction because I can easily again do that online. And it's at my door within a week. Yeah. Um. So if it's not something I'm desperate for. I can not even leave my phone on my couch yep. and get what I need. So if a business is providing an experience, then that's very, very different to a business that's just selling products and services because you, you just can't compete with online. No, you can't. And, and like, I, come from, I come from the motorsports world, you know, and to me, you know, the dealership model in my industry, my industry, the industry I come from, is very established, very traditional. But to me, it's still, I'm waiting for someone to say, okay, you know, all these dealerships, really, they're just going to become distribution depots for, for, for units to get shipped to. Well, and and these manufacturers of, of whether it's jet skis, whether it's dirt bikes, whether it's road bikes, whether it's side-by-sides, whatever, they need to be doing activations to, to do user experiences for customers that then purchase these units online. They get shipped to the, the distribution. And, and it's not like it cuts out the middleman, but it doesn't matter whether it's uh, cars, you know, you guys are super into your Porsche cars and everything. Like, do you need, you know, you do all your research on the new cars before they come out. Do you need to sit down with, with Gil? <laughs> you don't. I think Porsche is a good example of a business that is quite innovative and they do set themselves apart where they do provide that experience. Mm. You go into the dealership because you have an experience. You're not sitting with just old Gil, whereas yeah. other dealerships probably do just have that old school mentality. You know, I can uh, take my daughter to Porsche and have a a great family day because they run family days there at Porsche Melbourne. And, you know, that's that experience. And, of course, they've got me not just because they've got great cars, but I'm going to be going there for years because of the the way they've treated my family. And um, Okay, so maybe that was a bad example. Probably a bad example. They've adapted to what we're talking about. Well, correct. Yes, they have. And they're the most profitable car business in the world. And probably that's why. Um, so it's no coincidence at that point. Correct, correct. But um, um, I think it's just that transactional bricks and mortar store is gone. Like another, um, you know, insult to injury is you go into these large retail stores um, or even mid to small size retail stores, and you don't you go there because you're seeking that experience. You don't get online, and you're just not getting it. The amount of times I've been into a retail store and. I'm not even getting the high how you're going. I'm just, they're playing yeah. on the phone. There's two of them. They don't want to be there. Yeah, it's like it's an inconvenience for them Correct. to do their job. And realistically, yep. every time a consumer experiences that, it's another customer lost. It's, it's something you think, no, it's not going to happen again. Surely not. But because you're going there for the experience and time and time again, not one store, different businesses, you're just not getting anywhere and you just feel like you're, you're wasting their time, like you said. So that continues to make me think more that online is what I should be doing because I'm just not getting that experience offline either. Okay, so that that's an interesting little segue there that we had where it does summarise, you know, number one, customers are going to want to engage your business on their terms in 2021 and beyond. And then number two, we just highlighted a couple of our own experiences that, that really are, you're going to run the risk of, if you are brick and mortar, whatever it is, you need to be set up for the consumer to engage you on their terms, their timeline, when they're kicking back on the couch at seven o'clock at night with a beer, whatever it is, right? Um, now let's go back to what you talked about uh, previously, which was having the systems in place for your business to keep your team members accountable, to keep workflow efficient, to keep everything moving 
with this work from home, work in person balance that, you know, modern visual and every other successful business moving forward is going to have to embrace. Yeah, so there's two sides to the system. There's the internal side to the system, but there's also the external side, which is your customer's experience that can tie in with that as well. So what we typically do when we're planning a system like this or overhauling or auditing our systems, we're using a good old-fashioned whiteboard and we're mapping out the steps that either a staff member would take or off the back of that, a client would take with your business. And I'll give you that, just a segue that you, I come into your office sometimes and there is a massive whiteboard with arrows. So like every <laughs> mind map you can think of, of a consumer yeah. journey, a customer journey, whatever it is, like it's, it's not just the, you, you practice what you preach as far as that. I have a weird thing for whiteboards and I would have one in every room of my house and my office. Mm-hmm. If I could, I love them. They're there. Yeah. They're, they're a very good way to get your, your thought process out on, on the papers, the wrong word. They're not, they're not good for a day to day running of a business and we have some uh, clients that have converted from using a whiteboard for their planning to or a notepad assist, yeah or a notepad so they're great Pairs. for that once off planning however um, they're just you know for mapping out those customer journeys and those internal journeys because you can almost see your staff as being a customer as well of your business where you're there to serve your customer which is your staff member yep. um, so that you can get the most out of them um, you know making their lives as easy as possible for you and your business is obviously just as important as making your customers' lives easy. So we always map out our staff members' journeys as well. And, you know, that comes with the prerequisite of measuring what what's going on as well. So, and through that measurement, you're looking at what they're doing all day. Um, you know, are they uh, logging time? Is there certain hours of the day that they're logging time? Uh, how many hours are they logging? You can't get caught up in the hours. Something that I've, you know, been stuck with in the past. It's also about outcomes and due dates as well. Because if you focus too heavily on one thing, so let's say it's, um, you know, hours someone's clocking, then they might go, oh, but I've clocked the hours, but they missed a deadline. Yep, so yep. it's finding a system that balances those two in one. Um, yeah, I get, I get that. Like, yeah, it's all well and good. You might have put the hours in, but we still didn't launch did, the project did, on correct, time or correct. whatever it is. Yeah. So it's finding the systems where you've got everything that needs to be there in place. And every business is different. So that's just our experience for Modern Visual. We obviously consult on... Uh, clients' businesses and helping them steer in the right direction for them. Um, but most, I guess, service-based businesses, you, you know, you're concerned about productive time but also meeting deadlines. Um, I think deadlines are probably more important for your reputation. It's something we've, to be honest, struggled with a little bit through COVID and working remotely out of nowhere um, is to hit those deadlines. And, you know, we're very lucky that we have uh, clients that are, you know, working closely with us around that. Um, and, they've, you know, they're obviously... Um, empathetic for our situation just as we are for theirs um but yeah i think um that's the two main ones you'd want to get on top of from an internal point of view um and then obviously as i mentioned mapping out that customer journey and putting down the actual steps so step one is this step two is this step three is this and then mapping out what the client or you know opportunities thinking feeling what are their questions at each step of that process it allows you to tailor your processes and your customer journey around what they need. Um, And that's where technology can come in at each of those points to help you create that amazing experience on their time and to them, not not on your watch for them because they're just going to go elsewhere. The companies that are winning and will win next year from a profit point of view are the ones that have set up their business for their client and not for them. That's that's the take home right there, I think, from this whole episode is that uh, in – in 2021 and beyond, that's exactly right. Convenience is also the second word to add to that. Yeah. So there you go, guys. I think uh, hopefully we've summed that up. 
I think that the point's been hit home many different ways is that uh, in this in this next era of, of culture within business, I guess you could say that I don't even know customer, it is customer convenience, customer-centric experience, accessing your services on their terms without jeopardizing the quality or the service. Yeah, I mean, so. who wants to email back and forth these days? Like if you can have a system that people can liaise with your business on um, through, you know, an, an online app or something like that, where it's just so easy to deal with you, they, of course they're going to recommend you or come back to you. 100%. Well, uh, to summarize, like we said, the the barriers, navigating the barriers to successful business operations and profit in 2021 and beyond, it is uh, having your customer or your client be able to engage you your company, your services, your business on their terms. And then also, you know, being able to keep your team accountable and productive in this new normal. And happy. You've got to make happy, sure your staff yeah. are happy. That's the key as well. As, as you know, and as your team has grown so much, that is a hurdle that not, not being happy, but that is something, you know, you it's got something to, I focus heavily on is you got to make keep more sure people happy, right? At the end of the day, as the business owner, you know, my strategy is keeping the clients happy and the staff happy and happy staff. It means happy clients as well. Yeah. Productive and happy and efficient right so yep. uh, anything else you want to add to this one luke i think that's everything joe i think we've covered a lot and um, we'd love feedback on this you know if you've got any questions burning questions let us know um yeah, yeah topics is a big thing you know use the topics that you guys would like us to um to cover um now now things are normal again uh for the most part we will be back with these on a sort of fortnightly basis i think we say that every episode joe yeah, i know but <laughs> we're busy we're, we're, we're both busy in here but um Christmas is coming. We'll, we'll get. Uh, let's have a, a time frame to get at least one more out before Christmas. Yep. Um, and then we'll be back in the new year with that uh, with that content for you guys. So hit us up. Let us know in the comments what you want advice on. And uh, Luke, always a pleasure. I think I learn something every time we have these chats. So thanks, mate. No worries, Joe. Anytime. And uh, like always, guys, listen to the Modern Visual Podcast. Um, iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, ratings are a big thing. If you can give us five stars, a comment review would be a big help to get this podcast out there and seen and listened to by more people. Uh, Modern Visual is also the YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe and check that out on there. There's more on the YouTube than just the pods. There's a lot of other content that you might find useful. Uh, and with that, LT? Yeah, I mean, another thing as well, check out our webinars. We've started a webinar series every month. We're talking about a new topic and that's, right. um, that's a, obviously a group session on Zoom that we're doing. Um, so if you want to find that, you can find that on any of our social channels on our website. Uh, definitely register for our next webinar if you can. That's right. Uh, the last webinar, I believe, Selling with Empathy was a big yep. success. Yeah, it definitely was. That was in collaboration with HubSpot. Um, so yeah, that was a hit and we're, we've got one tomorrow. Um, helping people turn their website into their best salesperson. Um, and yeah, we're, we're constantly looking for feedback on topics of what you want to see. That's awesome. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Check out the webinars, check out the social platforms, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the MVP. See ya. Cool.